Hi everyone, welcome back to the show. And today we're going to be continuing with the theme on how to invest in property the right way. So if you're new here to the show, don't forget to click on that subscribe button and make sure you leave a review, which will be absolutely awesome. If you're listening on the podcast, you can listen to this on Spotify and Apple iTunes. And of course you can leave a review on your platform. So I'm with Lorraine again today. Hi Lorraine. Hello. And today we're going to talk about the importance of viewings and why viewings are really important in your business. So Lorraine, over to you. Okay, so viewings, viewings, viewings. We're talking about viewings today because it is literally the most important thing that we think people can actually do when they're trying to buy property. It sounds really obvious, but unfortunately, a lot of us sit behind a desk, we procrastinate, we get overwhelmed and don't get out there and do the viewings. So Rick, Mm. what would you say is the best way to start getting lots of viewings in your diary? I've got lots of things I think I want to add to this. So like you just mentioned, that if you're not out there viewing, you're not out there putting offers in, you're not taking the business seriously. So let me start with, I had a conversation with somebody about six months ago, and they said to me that they were told, if you're not serious about actually putting an offer in on a property, then you shouldn't be out there viewing it. Now, I totally disagree with this because when you're out there viewing a property, you're not just there viewing, you're learning a lot of other skills as well and you're honing your craft. Now, if you don't know what the property is going to be suitable for you, then you won't know unless you're out there viewing. You don't know what the motivation is of the landlord. So if you're there doing a direct-to-vendor viewing, you're not building up a relationship with the landlord. You're not getting to find out what makes them tick. You're not there working out why they're selling and how you can help them. And you're not going to find any of that out unless you're actually at the viewing. And then, of course, unless you view, you're not going to put an offer in anyway. And you miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. So if you're not offering at a price that works for you, then you're leaving so much on the table. Now, this is a numbers game. But if you're not out there doing the viewings, then you're not going to do any of the above. Now, on top of all of that, there's also the skill of negotiation and if you're not out there practicing your skill then you're not going to get better at it what do i mean well when you're negotiating a deal when you're listening to people when you're building up that relationship with them and then you can start to understand what their motivation is and then you can start to negotiate on what works for them so you can get on a win-win so viewings are so important so even if you think you're not going to buy the property always get out there and always view I can't agree more. I think the thing with viewings as well is it also builds confidence. It helps you build confidence in your local market, in the quality of stock that's out there. So if you're not sure of a particular area, you know, you need to go and spend time there. And the brain is quite simple, isn't it? It's one of those things where the more time you spend in in your environment, the more it it gets to know, like, and trust it. And I think we forget when we're viewing a property that actually we're getting to know the asset, the the biz, mm. the property, it's a business. So you need to understand actually how you're going to cash flow it. And if you're a little bit uncertain about the area, if you're a bit uncertain about the type of property, if you're a bit uncertain about the market and the perhaps the rental demand, then all of these things can actually get be solved as such. I was going to say uh, be cured, but you can actually get out there and actually in, get in the environment means that you can actually 
get to a point where you, you're more comfortable, more confident, and you stop procrastinating. And I think one of the worst things is that if you haven't seen enough property, maybe one or two properties, when you're buying a property, then you can get to completion and be a little bit unconfident. And that's when people retract, that's when they get um, cold feet, they get nervous and they pull out of deals because they're really not that certain about the area. So what sort of things are people looking for at the viewings then? So we're going out to a viewing, perhaps it's from an agent. So you're with the agent at the property. What tips could you give people on what to look for? So if, if I just focus on um, the sort of the marketability of it, and, and I'll I'll leave you to talk more about the structural stuff. But I think when you're doing a viewing, you should be looking for the opportunity. And I often say that actually, people think that doing numbers and sitting behind spreadsheets is not very creative. But you can be very creative with with uh, a spreadsheet with numbers and how you set up a deal. If you've been around it, you understand the structure, um, and you perhaps then know more about it. For instance, if you've got a granny flat. Um, you might want to think about, okay, well, can I title split this off? Well, there's loads of things you need to consider, not least planning, permissions, but actually when you're there, does it have a separate entrance and exit? Do, does that granny flat feel like big enough? Is it going to mm. actually... Multiple dwellings relief, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> For those that know what that is. <laughs> yeah, and we'll cover that perhaps another time. But again, you got when you're there, you can see the opportunities. You can actually think about... How can I use this property? How can I cash flow it? Because that's the most yeah. important part. If you're, we want to buy and hold because- and The thing is as well, Lorraine, if you're dealing with an agent and if it's being marketed as a HMO, it's not necessarily going to be compliant just because the agent says it is. Some of the room sizes might be smaller than the national required standard, or they might be at the national required standard, but not meet the aspirational local standards. And again, you're not going to really know that until you get there, until you use your little laser pen and work out whether the property actually is going to be suitable for that purpose. Yeah, I think there's nothing more exciting than actually being able to see the opportunities you walk around and you literally yeah. are kicking the bricks, aren't you? It makes it feel say. real, doesn't it? It does. And I think it's that point where you can get really creative with the numbers and also how you transform it. So I think we talked... Um, last week about the the eight step process and we have a step in our eight step process which is called transform mm. and you ideally want something that is smelly that is um, a bit old-fashioned that needs some modernization you only need to go on to um, a sort of a new development or um, look at new housing somewhere and the show home is always done immaculately looks fantastic great photos and that creates a profit for the developer because there's you know there's more money in it so if you're doing that with a property that you know literally looks smelly from the photos that i would say you can look at a photo and think yeah this property is going to be smelly when you visit it then you can actually get out there and see how you can cash flow it and how you can create some mm. great value in your business. It does, and it builds up that energy and enthusiasm. I've got a few tips of things to do and not to do at viewings. We'll start with things not to do. When I started full-time in property, I don't know, nearly 10 years ago now full-time, somebody said to me, they gave me a tip, always do this at a viewing. And I'm going to say, don't ever do this at a viewing, especially if you're dealing with the vendor directly. So you're meeting the person there that owns a property. Now you've got to bear in mind that at some point, this was their dream. This was their little flagship and they put all of their effort and energy and love into doing the property up. And albeit it might be 10 years ago now and it might be tired, 
But somebody said to me, take a calculator with you. And each time you go into a room, do your sharp intake of breath, shake your head and type a number into the calculator to insinuate exactly how much it's going to cost (laughs) to put the property up to current standards. Now, don't do that. Now, much of what we do, and when you do go to a viewing, this is about building up, you mentioned Lorraine, know, like, and trust, and building up that relationship. Now, the chances are, if they are dealing with you, they're probably going to be dealing with maybe one or two other people as well in the background. And if you put their bristles up by saying, oh, that's that's a horrible carpet, that's going to have to come up. And oh, that wallpaper is disgusting. That's another £2,000 that I'm going to have to knock off the price. And oh, that avocado bathroom suite has gone out with the 1980s. There's no way I can take, you're really not going to build that no like and trust any of them. Well, no, perhaps knowing that you're being a bit of a, a wally, they're not going to like you and they certainly won't trust you. So don't do that. What you can do instead is go in and say, you know, oh, you know, I, I bet you put your heart and soul into this property, you know, years ago, didn't you? And how did that feel? And what was the market like? And why have you decided to to move away from that now and do something different and build the relationship up by acknowledging what they've done and acknowledging them as a business person rather than putting them down? Some of the tips I would suggest that you absolutely do when you go to a viewing. And if you're going to be doing direct to vendor, I keep talking about direct to vendor. That's when you've marketed directly to the property owner and you meet them at the property rather than the agent is to listen. Listen to them because listening empowers people. Listen to them and agree with them. Maybe even repeat the last few words of their sentence to affirm what they've said. Now, all of this will empower them and make them feel comfortable in your surroundings, make them feel comfortable in your presence. So ask them why they're selling and listen. Don't interrupt them. Ask them what the market was like and don't interrupt them. Ask them what hobbies and interests they have and resonate with them and don't interrupt them. And if you do this well, the art of listening will really put you on the the top tier if they're dealing with other people versus you. So that's one top tip is listen to everything they say and then ask them relevant questions based on the answers that they've given you. The next tip is to absolutely measure all the rooms to make sure you know rather than what the agent tells you that the rooms are compliant. And the next thing we're looking for are, and we're not surveyors, but anything that's really obvious that really stands out like big cracks, like windowsills that are listing and those types of things if they're going to cause a problem in the future. And then once you've sort of gone through all of those elements, I always advise to take something with you. So if you go to a viewing, an agent will normally give you a brochure. So why should it be any different with us? If we're doing a direct to vendor viewing, then take a get something pre-printed about you about your business that they can take away and remember you by because most people won't do this. So if you follow those simple steps, build up the relationship, ask the necessary questions, empower them, listen to them, build up that relationship, build up that no like and trust and give them something to remember you by, then you're going to be head and shoulders above everyone else that goes to view that property because most people will forget what you've said. And if you give them something tangible to remember you by, they can then go home, talk to their partner if they've got one about you and about your offer and how you made them feel 
and then hopefully that will put you in good stead above anybody else that's looking at the property. What are your best tips, Lorraine? So what I would suggest, my top tips are to not necessarily watch for every new property that comes on the market today or tomorrow, but obviously get your your um, your email set up, get your automating, automation set up so that you get emails into your inbox so straight away those properties come on the market. But also don't forget to look back and look back for, for what I would call stale stuff. So stuff that's come on the market in the last few months that has had that initial flurry of people coming to see it. We don't really want to be in a queue because when we're in a queue, um, people just buy stuff and they buy it because it's on, it's available, it's there uh, before somebody else gets it behind them and they pay more money than they need to for it. So it's just one of the basic laws of supply and demand. So what I would say is if you're looking for older stuff, remember that approximately a third of all sales that are agreed end up failing and don't Mm. proceed. So you're looking for the stuff that's coming back on the market having failed or for some reason. That's the stuff that's really interesting because then the vendor becomes much more motivated. And I've actually been on the other side of this where I've been the motivated vendor where we've had we had a cottage remember we had a cottage um that we used to live in it was a little bit quirky um potentially the kitchen was a slightly too small for the overall property so it needed like a buyer who really wanted it and over time i think we dropped the price maybe 50 or 60,000 um from the initial point of putting it on the market when you put something on the market on day 1 day 2 then you're going to hope and pray to get the best price possible. Over time, motivation certainly wanes and you find that you become more motivated to Mm. actually accept any price. You know what, we've just got a really good case study of this. You and I went out to view a property, I think it was just before Christmas time. It's commercial property that we were going to turn into serviced accommodation. We put an offer in of 750,000 or something similar. 705,000. 705,000. And we got to the... Second, well, we were two. There were two bidders. We were the second, and the owners decided to take the first bidders because they were going to turn it into a residential home. Now we've just been contacted by the agent to say that deal's fallen through because they can't get planning to go from commercial to residential. So now they've come back to us to see if we want to go in at another price. Now the thing is with that deal, is that it's not actually it's it's not trading so it was a hotel it's not trading so it doesn't have any books so the valuation now is going to be considerably less than 700,000 as yeah. a commercial property that doesn't have any proof of any income because it's not traded for quite some time so you raise a good point there that the properties come back on the market go back out and view them yeah. and if you're not viewing and if you're not meeting the agents at the properties in the first instance they're probably not going to come back to you first either because they're not going to remember you So for those that are thinking, you know, if I'm not really in a position to get out there and put an offer in, I shouldn't view, then please change your thinking because you've got to view it's fundamental. I know a lot of agents are being really cagey at the moment. Some agents are asking for proof of funds before they get to give you a viewing. If that's the case, then just move on. But if you can get a viewing, then really do go out there and get a viewing. They could even accept a purchase lease option or maybe an exchange with delayed completion, but you don't know until you get there. Awesome. So that brings us to the end of today's show. Please do head over to your platform and leave a review. That will be absolutely awesome. Now, we have got an offer on at the moment that if you leave a review for the podcast and then if you send a copy of that review to the email in the show notes, 
then I'll send you a signed book of 45 ways to buy property absolutely free and I'll pay for the postage as well. So thank you for being here. Don't forget to join us next week for more of the same. Don't forget to click on that subscribe button and we'll see you later. Take care. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. <laughs> I get entranced by what you say at the end. How do you remember all that stuff in your head? Okay, I'm... bye. Okay, bye. <laughs> okay, should, bye. Should do that bit again. <laughs> I can't now. <laughs> um, see you later. <laughs> see you later. Okay, bye. See you later. Anyway, bye. catch you later.